Hey gang, what you're about to hear is a bonus edition of the podcast recorded in the Everything Immersive Club on Clubhouse this Tuesday night. Why are we recording an episode? Well, form follows function in this case. This episode's all about serial killer speed dating, which those of you in Los Angeles may remember uh, as a live event that's taken place here a few times and uh, has also, over the course of the pandemic, turned into an online Zoom-based event but that's not all. Uh, not only did creator Abel Horwitz turn to Jacob Patterson of Think Tank to help him develop the Zoom version of the show, but when Clubhouse announced their creator first program, which would take, I think it's 60 ideas and give them a chance uh, to compete as possible pilots as regularly recurring occurring shows on Clubhouse with backing from Clubhouse. So not anyone can make a show on Clubhouse, but this is going to involve like promotional support and cash. Um, the boys took, uh, took the bait, uh, they ran with it, and are going to have their shot at uh, getting the pilot spot. Um, this Saturday... Uh, on the Clubhouse main stage, Saturday, May 15th at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if uh, you, you t- tap in, you don't tune in, Clubhouse, you tap in, tap in uh, to help them out uh, as they as they uh, gather up. I believe the, the name of the game is Retention. So I'm hoping people tap in and stay tapped in during the run of the show uh, these two guys have been a part of the LA scene for a, a very long time, and it's uh, it's going to be great if they can get something out of this whole clubhouse deal. Uh, you will note, you if I will sound like I'm on the phone, that's because I am for this session. Jacob was recording. That's why his voice is nice and clear. Abel and I were both on the phone. Uh, we had some other folks tap in, including Russell Eaton of My Haunt Life. So he'll Russell's voice at some point. Uh, Annie Lesser also tapped in. Um, I'm now recalling what happened that night. Um, we're talking serial killer speed dating. Uh, we're talking uh, some, uh, you know, uh, Look, things get lewd and crude. It's an after dark. Uh, so just so you know, uh, this is this is worse than all a scenario. Uh, just uh, don't want some of the kids around. Uh, it's, this is not the one for that. But um, settle in. Uh, we've got this episode also this week. Uh, this is not the only episode. Next up in the feed, uh, coming up, I'm dropping this on Thursday night, coming up on Friday night or Friday day in the feed. So this will almost be, you know, sandwiched next to each other. Uh, we have Blake Collier and Matt Ruff of the 88 Names podcast, uh, which explored immersive technology. Uh, Matt Ruff's name you might recognize uh, because he is the author of the book 88 Names, which is a novel that came out last year. He's also the author of Lovecraft Country, uh, which I know a number of people are familiar with. Uh, Matt is uh, has 
has graciously uh, offered to come on our show. So Matt and Blake, uh, much like I was on their show a year ago, I'm just excited uh, to get a chance to talk to those guys. Uh, and it's just a, a fun little run uh, we're having here. We had uh, Javad Alipur last week, in an absolutely fantastic episode. We got Jacob and Abel tonight doing a little, a little check on from the, the hometown stage to the clubhouse stage. And then uh, Blake Collier and Matt Ruff tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, what a, what a time to have the podcast. <laughs> All right. You'll get more of me tomorrow. Uh, or, you know, later today, depending on when you're listening to this, I don't know, please don't listen to nine hours of, of, uh, of, of the no Presidium podcast at a go. I'd worry about you if you do. All right. That's enough for me for now. Uh, here we go into the clubhouse universe with the guys behind serial killer speed dating. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 9.01 on the West Coast, and you are now listening to Everything Immersive After Dark. Uh, this is a great time to grab yourself a drink. Uh, tonight, I'm actually just going to be drinking water because I broke my calorie budget earlier today, and I don't feel like putting worse after bad. Uh, normally, I'd be, be what would I be rocking tonight if I wasn't... Uh, being a good boy, uh, tonight in the fridge, not being drunk, is Dragon's Milk Bourbon Barrel Age Stout from uh, New Holland Brewing, which I'm going to have one of these soon enough. I bought it the other day because of the name, and it looks really good. Um, if you haven't heard uh, a No Pro After Dark or an EI After Dark before, this is a much looser show. Uh, this is going to definitely... Uh, I'll be loose with our language. Uh, so you know we are recording. Uh, so this will be around for posterity. And we're going to do mostly this is going to be the podcast, that's an interview, but we'll be opening up the room and opening up questions. Uh, maybe uh, we, might, we might do a little uh, tag in with a very break, about 25 minutes or so into it. Uh, tonight we have Abel Horowitz and Jacob Patterson who are part of the Creator First program here on Clubhouse. They've got a pilot coming up of serial killer speed dating that's going to be on the Clubhouse main stage this Saturday. It's only half the reason why they're here. The other half is like, these are a couple of hometown heroes for us. They are big parts of the LA immersive theater community. Um, Jacob ran the Think Tank Gallery space for years and years and years that was host to so many seminal works in the Los Angeles immersive theater community. And Abel uh, has performed with Zombie Joes and started, and we'll get into the story, started the original serial killer speed dating as a live in-person event at Think Tank Gallery back when it was in the fashion district. So, Jacob and Abel, thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Thank you. Uh, you know, our hero status, it's, uh, it's really gone to our heads. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 appreciate, we appreciate the introduction, Noah. Very kind of you. 
from uh, from from stepping over people in the back alley behind Think Tank in order <laughs> to do weird uh, drunken shows to uh, convincing venture capitalists that you should be featured on their burgeoning social media platform. We're still Honestly, yes. we're, we're still stepping over dead bodies. They're just in the haunted hallway on Clubhouse that we've been creating. <laughs> And, and, you know, I just, I just remember that distinct feeling of not knowing if you're putting your foot into human urine or a puddle of beer. Good times. And, good times. And, and, in, and, and, and down there in DTLA, there's, there's no difference. There's just no difference. Yeah, yeah. That, that reminds me of the time, since we're going to do that real quick, when, uh, I, I accidentally became the liquor sponsor for the stage raw awards. Uh, mostly because they they decided to ask me to go find a liquor sponsor, and like I am not good at that, so I just paid for it myself. Um, and while I was unloading what I had bought at Bevmo into the uh, the, the downtown theater, uh, there was there was a gentleman who was uh, shooting heroin right there in the alleyway, and I was like, "This is great. This is just this, it's the life in the theater, kids." I have seen um, a lot of heroin being being shot in my life. Yeah, and that's yeah. our show. Thank you very much for coming. Everybody. <laughs> Told you it's after dark. It's a little looser. It's just, just the realities. The realities of our. Ooh, good thing is a bonus episode, not a regular episode of the podcast. Jesse and Maria, uh, Abel. Yes, Noah. Uh, now that we've painted the picture of yeah. you know seedy alleyways in Los Angeles, oh, wow. um, take us back to to the beginning of serial killer speed dating, which is, as I know it happened for the first time at, at the, the old think tank spot. Um, I, I, I I do have to correct you. It did not oh, it oh. happened first at Scare LA. That was where we first did it. Oh, okay. Break mm-hmm. it down for me then. How did this whole thing come together? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know I uh I think to begin I should probably say that I, like many people, was told about um, Sleep No More. Uh, I was fortunate enough. My timing was right, so I was living in New York. Uh, I went to go see the show. I had no idea what to expect. And it was truly like going from, you know, Kansas to Oz. Uh, I didn't realize that you could do that. I just didn't know that you could make theater that looked like that. Um, I sent them an email. I said, I will work for free. I will intern for you guys. I just want to be a part of this. And they were new enough. This was in their first, I think, six weeks. So they brought me in. And for a weekend, I glued owl feathers on rodents for a couple hours. And then I put on a mask and I would walk around sleep no more. And so I got really early exposure. Um, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. So I'm very grateful for that show. That's kind of everybody's dream in this world. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was cool. You know, I mean, I saw the show. It felt like, again, like, oh my God, I didn't realize you could do this. I remember standing outside of the theater or the uh, trick the next day and just staring at it being like, did I really do that last night? Did this really happen? Um, I didn't know where the, where the fiction world ended and reality began. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's that's a very seminal moment in my life. And then I moved to L.A. and I kept looking for that. Um, so I guess this was 2010. Uh, and then in 2011, I auditioned for Halloween Horror Nights as a monster. And I got cast and uh, they 
put me in a monster costume and I jumped out at teenagers for, for the Halloween season. Uh, and then something in my mind, you know, cause you're again, spending a lot of time, uh, in this haunted house that is so beautiful and so detailed. It looks like a film set. And I went, Oh wait, this is theater. It has actors, it has lights, it has sound, it has, uh, uh, set design, but it was marketed towards an audience who, you know, wasn't going to see a play that are going to get scared. Um, from that, I Googled horror theater Los Angeles after the season. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, after that, I met Scott Sitton, who, uh, who was part of the community. He was also, uh, like, I guess a veteran scare actor at, um, Halloween Horror Nights. And he was talking about, Oh, you have to go see Blackout. Oh, you have to go see Delusion. And I did. Um, and those shows changed my life because, you know, I mean, Blackout, uh, which, which I'm in the, the documentary, The Blackout Experiments with, uh, with Russell Eaton, who is in the audience. Have, happy birthday, Russell. Um, it was again, just one of those moments where it's like, I didn't realize that you could do this in theater. I didn't realize that you could have full contact. I didn't realize how, how you could make it this scary. And then Delusion, which was truly like walking into a movie that you were a star of. So it, and, and not only that, but God, I mean, you know, John Braver, uh, who was running Delusion was, couldn't have been nicer to me, gave me his personal phone number, you know, remembered me. I think I came back twice, maybe three times just to see it. Like, you know, it, it, it felt, I felt welcomed. Um, so that was really this entry point to this world that I didn't know anything about. Uh, but every time I took a step forward, a door opened. Um, and, you know, in LA, you get a lot of doors slammed in your face. Um, so the fact that this was something I was passionate about and very interested in, but that people kept being welcoming and friendly and, and willing to talk to me uh, really meant a lot. So I, I give a lot of credit just to the energy of the immersive community and the kind of people who this attracts, uh, because it, you know, I felt very welcomed. And I, you know, this is a long story, but I Googled horror theater Los Angeles after the season was over. The first thing that popped, it popped up was a theater in North Hollywood called Zombie Joe's Underground. Uh, I sent an email onto their website, which was probably designed around the same time that the Space Jam website was designed. So it's very, clip arty in the nineties. Um, <laughs> and then, and then maybe have, and I, I, I sent pretty much the same thing that I sent to uh, sleep no more, which was, I really want in, I'm willing to work for free. And I think those are the magic words because about half an hour later, an email from some mystery man named zombie Joe popped up and he said, give me a call. I gave him a call. He said, Oh, you know, you should really come by. You should check out what we're doing at the theater. <laughs> that is so such a good zombie Joe impression. Thank you. Thank you. That is my zombie Joe impression. <laughs> it, it is. It's a, that's a spot on Jordan. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, so I went. I saw this, you know, tiny strip mall theater that was doing things that were magical. Um, I remember the first show. It was called Astro Glide. It was a series of monologues. Um and I, I just knew that this was my spot. So I, you know, without even having seen their signature show, which was Urban Death, uh, I told Zombie, um, hey, you know, I, I just did Halloween Horror Nights and 
Um, I think that if you make this, you know, if you if you turn your lobby into a, a haunted maze, I think you're going to get an audience. And he listened to me. So I give him credit for that. And again, this was just this, this series of doors opening. I wasn't making any money, um, but I wanted to be there. And so I was part of the show. I was part of the build out. Uh, it was a very successful show for the theater. And then I think we did that. If that was, if that was, uh, Halloween Horror Nights 2012, Zombie Joes is 2013, uh, uh, the second year was 2014. And then by that point, I pretty much integrated myself into the, um, into the world of immersive theater. Uh, I remember going to a downtown, uh, uh, art space to go see a show called Alone. I remember being out here. going through this going through this show. And this is this is where Jacob comes into the story. I remember going through this show, it absolutely blowing my mind, me getting pushed out of the the space into the back alley, me walking around the back alley trying to wrap my mind around what just happened. Uh a, a homeless man started to scream at me and he started to um approach me aggressively and you know it's it's like wait a minute i'm i'm about to get into a fight with a homeless <laughs> person and then uh uh he pushes me into a door and all of a sudden i'm back in this show and that blew my mind so i always had this special place in my heart for uh uh for think tank gallery because it was just like, oh my god, I've never again, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, it's funny but, you told that the that story. It's come out uh, on multiple stages in Clubhouse where we talked about like that golden era of immersive horror in yeah. Los Angeles, and it was just like right. It, it, that was my first like first time I knew what immersive was too. But we've uh, I've I've told the think tank story a million times to Noah on <laughs> in recorded conversations, but I am uh, curious how that flipped from horror into, into dating. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I, you know, I was just, I was just hungry. I was hungry. I'd found my tribe. Uh, I'd found people who I liked being around and I was starting to think about theater uh, and immersive and, kind of my place in it in a different way. And I had a, you know, a day job as an office assistant, uh, which gave me a lot of time in front of a computer. So that was where I was emailing people. That's where I was doing research. That's where I was Googling anything and everything I could find. And I remember that I was looking up the um, event schedule for Star Wars weekend, which was happening at the Anaheim Convention Center. And they had dating. And yeah, they had, they had speed dating. And, you know, it was just a tickle in the back of my mind, but it said, Oh, what a great way for like-minded people to meet. I mean, you're already at an event that you have something in common. Like, yeah, I think this is great. So the origin story of serial killer speed dating is that I was, uh, I, I was, uh, I just moved in with, with uh, a girlfriend, now my, now my ex, but we had a housewarming party and I had, I knew Laura from, uh, Scare LA or Ivanova 
And she came to my party and you know, we were talking and I said, Laura, like, I, I want to do something. I want to do something at your event. And she said, well, what do you want to do? And I had no idea. I just knew I wanted something. And, I, you know, I just at the spot, I was like, yeah, I don't know. But, oh, hey, look, this uh, Star Wars celebration had speed dating. How about I just do speed dating at, you know, your horror convention? And she looks at me and she goes, okay, that's, that's a good idea. But, you know, it needs, it needs something with a little twist. And then um, just by luck of conversation, we were standing next to a friend of mine named Jackson. And Jackson goes, ooh, you could throw in a serial killer. And I look at Jackson and I look at Laura and I go, okay, I'll make that. Um, and she gave me space and we, you know, I set up tables and, you know, I, I cast a few people, friends, uh, including Jackson to be my plant, my serial killer. Uh, I made sure that I had, you know, a, a male seeking female table. I had a, uh, a male seeking male table. I had a female seeking female table and then I had a just friend. We're able. Okay. Hundred showed up. And I think that's really, that's the point where it goes, Oh, wait a minute. This is something that people like. And we did it and it was silly. And Jackson covered himself in blood and fell at my feet. And then we had to drag him across carpet, across the, <laughs> across the, uh, the convention floor and you know and and when i would like kind of walk around wearing my catering tuxedo which i still wear on the show um i would overhear people like be like i'm not the serial killer because or you might think i'm a serial killer because i like x y and z and to me it's just just this notion that oh all this is is speed dating i didn't reinvent the wheel but when you throw a kind of like a, a gamification into it, people respond differently. They get out of their own way. They have a little bit more fun. They have something to talk to the other person about. And uh, people liked it. And when it was over, you know, it felt very satisfying to have done something. I, you know, I collected the people's checklists. I, I emailed the people who had matched. And then I put it to the side and someone said, Hey, you should do it again. So I started down that path and, uh, and then just, you know, by, by a coffee with a friend, she said, you know, there's this, there's this art gallery downtown. I think you should go meet them. They're, they're looking for content for their Halloween show. And I walked into that gallery and it was the same space that I had done alone in. And it's like, Oh, this is the place. And that's how I met Jacob Patterson. So that's my story, with... and I'm done speaking. <laughs> oh, you're not done speaking. No one's ever done speaking here. Uh, rules are different here. Um, let's dial in a little bit, because, you know, you, you sort of mentioned in passing, like, oh, there's a serial killer involved. But, like, yeah, yeah. that's that's the heart of the show. So, uh -huh. like, what, w how does the live show work? What What is, what's going on with there with the serial killer whole idea? Because, like, obviously, it's, you know, it's about throwing a ringer into the mix, but yeah, how do you tune that up right there? What are, what are they doing? You know, I mean that that's evolved over time. There's been a lot of gameplay that has organically evolved. At first, it was the first one was like you. Okay, you're a chemist, right? 
And then you're going to sit across from the other serial killer and she's going to slide you a potion and you're going to drink it. And then the guy, uh, his name's Ian, my friend Ian Heath, like who's who, I, who I'll cast in anything. Uh, took this potion and drank it and started foaming at the mouth. I think I gave it was in Alka-Seltzer uh, and started dying. And then this woman who had dated him a few dates earlier, like stood up and was like, he said he was a chemist. He said he was a chemist. Um, so so at first it was like, you know, just a, a, a serial killer would kill and then somebody would die in the middle of the show. Um but it was always like kind of a disappointment to whoever was dating that person at the time, because maybe they're having a really good time. And then all of a sudden I kill their, kill their date. Um, so, uh, uh, so it was, it was just like, you know, I, it was really fun because I had all my avant-garde theater friends because I'd been at zombie Joe's for a couple of years at this point. And like, you know, I would ask my friend Corey, uh, who, uh, to like cover herself in blood. And at a certain point in my introduction, she would, stumble out of the bathroom of whatever bar we were in covered in blood and die at my feet uh so it was always like this very tongue-in-cheek kind of again like dating is awkward first dates are awkward speed dating is 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 like it i i've i've done it both as a dater and then when i was researching the show and it's you know it's really awkward like it's a bunch of single people who have no other reason to be in this bar except that they're single have you um, ever have you ever done any speed dating, Noah? Oh, I wouldn't subject myself to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's no, no way. No way. It's what really about, awkward. But like, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Jacob. Um, but when you kind of like again, like if you're if you're the kind of crazy who's going to come and buy a ticket to serial killer speed dating, like you're our kind of crazy. And like I, you know, again, bloody people dying at my feet. I would give out like. Uh, uh, dollar store limbs and prosthetics and turkey basters and whatever I could find. It was, it was just like, like whatever I could do to get as close to John Waters as possible. It was, it was terribly fun. Terribly fun. What about, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I think, you know, so, so, so like a, so a bald theatrical, you know, there's a plant working through the, the pool of daters. Right. So like people, people are getting, people are getting time with, with this actor uh-huh. who's, who's dating. Do you, do you, do you make sure that the plant's single or, or uh, what if some, what if someone actually falls for your, yeah, they always Yeah, they always do. Serial killers are very narcissistic, uh, charming individuals. So yeah, they always fall for the serial killers. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the funny thing is that, is that like, I, you know, whoever I cast, uh, is, is going to get a lot of likes. And sometimes they actually go on dates and other times they are taken. And so, you know, yeah, just kind of ignore those. But yeah, there's always like that person who's like, whose face falls when they realize that like the person <laughs> they really like is a plant. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, 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 what? Uh, but they, but they, this, this, no, it's a cool, it's cool. Cause like, at least they knew signing up that at least one person guaranteed, even if they hit it off with, they would, they would not be able to leave with that night because there's a plant, which kind of, yeah. that kind of takes some pressure off in a certain way. Like, you yeah. know, you're guaranteed one rejection, even if things go well. Because someone out there is deliberately, <laughs> that's deliberately yeah. you, playing. You just said the magic words, which is uh, 
I don't remember exactly what you said, but like relieving the tension, <laughs> taking some, some pressure off because yeah. that's, that's what I, is my volume good? Abel? Um, I'd raise it one more. Okay. Jacob. That's what I, uh, that's the reason why I was like this serial killer speed dating can totally, you know, disrupt dating in a weird way. We say that, uh, it, it swipe right culture has taken the intimacy out of dating. And, um, it, when the pandemic hit, they, all these companies started making, um, like speed dating apps or just, uh, like features. Like I think Bumble has one. I think Tinder has one. And, um, they were coming to find that people were matching and then like going on FaceTime dates through the pandemic. And we found that adding a serial killer to the mix and kind of like turning it into, yeah, like, yes, you're going on a bunch of speed dates, but you're also going to a show. So whereas the original show Abel had was like, it, it was just like, you know, tables lined up and people could date and then like something crazy would happen during the night. We started adding um, storylines and characters and the characters have lives online or I guess offline off of the, off of the show. But there's like ARG elements to it and um, all sorts of other stuff that allows people to just kind of like be a fan of the universe. And really what it what that came down to for us was like, all right, as we're as we're like launching the business, we want people to be able to come back. And if you come back, you can't see the same show more than once. So because of that, we had to be like, okay, well, what, you know, where's this headed? So we had to invent like a universe in which it this all lives. And Abel is just like, the super fan of all these serial killers running amok in this like fictional serial killer version of Gotham city that we've kind of created, which is like some weird little, you know, 1970s desert town where serial killers are a dime a dozen. So, you know, all of that will be expanded on as we go, but it's just kind of like in the back of our heads. So all these characters just like come out of this universe now and people can come back and experience a show and have hella fun and uh, take out their sex toys on camera. I see, I'm not going to call you out in particular, but one of you in the audience who has done that at our show. Um, and uh, then say, hey, I had the time of my life here. Uh, serial killer speed dating gave me a free ticket to hand out to a friend if I come back next week, you know, next week or two weeks later or whatever. And it's a new storyline the week they come back. And then from there, it just expanded into, you know, this, that, and the other. And now we're doing a clubhouse show. And on Saturday, we're competing on the main stage with a, another, like, brand new show. Well, let's, 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 again, let's, let's roll it back and slow it down a little bit here. Because, like, Jacob, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you think tank had been the venue at one point, but you guys started working on this. I remember talking to you about it, like, yeah, I think, like, a year ago during pandemic. Like, I think it was earliest May you guys were like starting to iterate and like, yeah, you, sort right. of, you sort of became a zoom master. What, what was it they were able to kind of bring? That is a fucking sad title, Noah. Jesus. Yes, well, you know, but you are, you know, I guess so, you know, it's, it's, it, it. <laughs> so like, but like, but, but this is a, this is a big thing, right? It's like, there's a lot of people in our community and people like, you know, on this board right now who, you know, have, have had to pivot their work on the digital. So right. what, what did that entail taking, you know, a show where like, Hey, you get a couple of plants in, you know, you get, you just get some actors who are, who are, you know, 
good at doing the one-on-one thing, which, you know, sounds easy enough, but is actually kind of can be hard to source. And then setting all the stuff that you would do to set up a theatrical environment slash a mm-hmm. dating environment by, say, having someone stumble out of a bathroom covered in blood at the bar. Like, yeah, let me, give the, let me give the tagline and then Abel can expand because he actually hosts the show. But when Abel yeah. and I started talking about it, I said, you know, I was talking to a bunch of different friends about like, what are we going to do through a pandemic that's going to still be here in two weeks to a month? Um, and here we are a fucking year later. Um, I was like, well, the one thing I do know is I don't we if it's better in real life, don't do it. So when we started talking about serial killer speed dating with Abel, I was like, actually, you know what? This is there's a there's a version of what you do that's actually better online. And we just got to discover what that is. And then we just kind of started building from there. But your host duties have sh- changed significantly, Abel. You're kind of like a like a substitute kindergarten teacher now for all these people on Zoom. Yeah, just a bunch of drunk, drunk single adults. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I think, Noah, let's, uh, let's give a lot of credit to Jacob. Because um, here's, here's what happened, and then I'll talk about... Um, like what we had to start to develop to kind of figure out the gamification. So, you know, Jake, I mean, I, I think, God, I mean, if we went into quarantine in March, like March 13th, I think maybe the second week of quarantine, Jacob was, you know, he gave me a call and we'd been friendly. We'd worked together, but, um, you know, he wanted to check in. He wanted to see how I was doing, which was very kind of him. Uh, but, you know, he at the same time was also like, I watched six months of work disappear in the course of two hours. So, you know, it was, it was hard. It's when you run a live event space and all of a sudden the city tells you that you legally can't open your doors anymore. Like, what do you do? How do you move forward? So Jacob is, you know, he's a worker. He works. So immediately his brain went to like, what can I do next? So just in casual conversation, uh, he, you know, we were talking, we we're checking in with each other and we're seeing how we're doing. And he goes, Wait, real you know, quick, Abel, least, remember oh, the, yeah. um, remember the, uh, live stream, uh, kink dungeon that we discussed with fixed camera angles that people could, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we started, we started pitching ideas. Well, I mean, you know, first he's like, Hey, I think serial killers we did it for. And I went, Oh, okay. Uh, and I thought about that and I called him back the next day and I was like, Hey, that could work. And he goes, yeah. So let's, uh, how about you and me meet? Let's go on a socially distanced hike and let's come up with a couple ideas. And so over the course of a couple of weeks, we thought like, oh yeah, we could have uh, a kink dungeon or we could have a show with like, you know, you giving instructions to a robot and the robot is an actor, but like, it's like pick like how to make eggs and like pick up pan, break egg and maybe a children's show, um, which we might still do. That's kind of a fun idea, but you know, we kept coming back to serial killer speed dating. And so we took some time. Uh, we gathered a few people, including you, Noah, to talk through it, how we could do it. Uh, Jake and I spent time just going through Zoom, which was still new and fun at that point, which, oh, my, has time changed. But, you know. <laughs> I remember, I remember, like, you were like, oh, Zoom, it's going to be so great, it's going to be so fun. And I had done Zoom for five years for work, right, and I was right. like, you will all hate this soon enough. Yeah, no, that, so, you, that was Real, that was real quick right. tangent, was, do you remember, um, what was the, we, we talked about it, Noah, the documentary about the, uh, the artist who built a commune and live streamed every single bit of it? 
What's the what's oh, that documentary? Yeah. Oh, we uh, we live in public. Yes. Our intimators, we live in public. Yeah. yeah. So I watched yeah. that right at Great the beginning show. of the pandemic. I think a lot of us did, and it was crazy because the scene where the guy, the the, the like tech director, is like so proudly showing off this new technology called um, video chat. And he was just like, and the artist saw it and he was like, there's something with this. And he, he built that thing. And now this last year, we've all kind of been that. I we mean, all we can turn bubble. the camera off, but we, we've all kind of been that. So it is, it is crazy that we're like, Ugh, this thing, I fucking hate this form of magic, this absolute, absolute miracle that we all get to partake in every day. <laughs> Ugh, I hate it so much, but it is true. Right. Um, well, okay. So from this, this, this miracle that we, partaken every day but that we all hate at this point we're all tired of it um you know we started to figure out like oh wouldn't it be fun if we you know kind of figured out again just more gamification more gamification how do we give people an actual experience uh i remember very early on we were fascinated it was before eschaton but it was like someone had thrown a party on zoom but they had a waiting room or they had a room like at the champagne room where you had to you could only do it if you were in your bathtub um, and just all these like fun things. And, and we never found, I don't, I don't think that either of us got to go to any of those parties, but just, you know, thank God for whoever this guy was who wrote out, like, here's how we did like the, the outside and we have a bouncer and, or, and a, like a, you know, a rope line. And like, here's how we did like, you know, these mystery rooms where, you know, you won't know about it until like one of us feeds you the, the link. And just all these like ways to play with Zoom that seems so innovative and so fun uh, that Eschaton mastered. Um, but, you know, we start thinking like, well, what would be fun for dating? Oh, well, you can only see people's top hats. So what if we incentivize people to dress nicely? So we'll call it business on top, party on bottom. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, wear something cute on top, but on bottom, like, you know, the sky's the limit. Or, uh, or, um, it, it was like things like, how do we teach them how to talk in chat? And so it's like, oh, well, we can use Jacob can draw, uh, uh, um, like parachute, which is, which is hangman, but we didn't want to use hangman for obvious reasons. So, you know, we draw a little guy in a parachute and, you know, people guess letters. And then if they guess the letter wrong, we're going to, you know, cut one of the strings off and just ways to kind of train people to utilize chat or to make sure that their frame is cute. Uh, what I learned when I was doing it live is that people love prizes. Um, so we would give out prizes, uh, which are just like, you know, I guess essentially the recognition that, that we recognize you. But if you had a good frame, you could get, you know, best framing or, um, or the grand prize, which had come when I was doing it live, which was most likely to be a serial killer without actually being a serial killer where people would like try to game the system and they would try to convince the other daters to vote for them to be the serial killer. And in the end they would win a dollar store rat because the be like shout out to the dollar store on Halloween. That thing is, that thing is my mecca. So I buy like 20, I'd, I'd be the guy like buying 20 plastic rats from, <laughs> from dollar city or dollar tree and like walking around and I'd spray paint them gold and, and during my shows throughout the year, like, you know, I'd hold them up like it was like I was holding up, you know, the the, the holy grail and people would be <laughs> screaming to, to try to get these rats. And they would try to manipulate speed dating and convince the other person that they were the serial killer. One guy 
came to the event and during every date, what he would do is he'd be like, Oh, what's your name? And the girl would be like, my name is, uh, uh, Jesse. And he'd be like, Oh, okay. And he'd open up his coat to take out his pen. And next to his pen, he had a syringe. And so, <laughs> and so and over the girl's like, well, this guy's a fucking serial killer. And so he had, he hand over tails one best, most likely to be a serial killer. It was just, it was just things like that that, that came organically and, and really showed me that there was a lot, a lot of play. And so, so Zoom became this playground that Jacob and I could figure out. And, and as he alluded to earlier, uh, you know, he, he was very insistent that we had to actually have storyline. We had to actually have plot beforehand. I'm like, I don't know. It's just a fucking serial killer and he kills people and he's in the room and now somebody's dead. And Jacob, who's a, who's a good producer is like, no, people are buying a ticket. They want to come to a show. So what are you going to do? And so it's like, uh, okay, well, I, I don't know. He's, uh, he's, he's the, uh, uh, the poultry geist killer. He likes eggs. I'm going to have my buddy Ian drink an egg on camera. Hey, Ian has eggs in his refrigerator. So we did this whole thing where like, you know, we had this whole chicken theme and we would use stock footage of, of like, you know, chicks being hatched and like lay eggs going down the conveyor belt. Uh, and you know, have Ian and, uh, Tanya, the other actor, like say something. I'm, I probably just gave away the ghost. So those are the actors that we use. <laughs> yeah. We can, play. uh, <laughs> we can roll uh, that one back. Uh, yeah. 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 Mr. 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 Pickles and Mrs. Pickles. <laughs> and they would, they, uh, you know, they would, I'd make sure that one of them was wearing a feather boa and one of them would like, you know, have feathers in his hair, just whatever it is, just to have fun with it, to get out of your own way, to, to do something inherently awkward, but to be silly with it. That's all we're trying to do. And then, yeah, and, and what, now here we are. And, here and we are. what we found is there was definitely a, a point that was too much story. Like people were yeah. trying to like treat it like an escape room or like a mystery murder theater kind of thing, murder dinner, mystery theater dinner, whatever those are called. Um, which yeah, that's exactly what it's called. It's a murder mystery dinner theater movie, <laughs> which everyone always wa- wants to uh, compare us to. But um, if there's just a light story element and again, themed incentivized prizes to encourage people to play along, some of which we hint at in advance and others are surprises like best porno name, then, uh, which, which is, uh, actually Noah, we'd love to hear yours. What is your, uh, childhood Um, pet and the street on which you grew up? Childhood pet's name? That's how you can figure out how to get like a, uh, password. What do you call it? A, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, no, no. Uh, also, uh, also, um, concurrently, Noah, I, I have a serious question for you. Okay. What's your no, pin, what's I'll, your what's I'll, your pin number? <laughs> Ask for a friend. <laughs> right. So good. good. Uh, so uh, Shalom Yuba. <laughs> not, not a great porn name. Uh, I don't that was a good I, one. You know, if if only for uh, the Hasidic sect, it seems pretty appropriate. <laughs> if only um uh, our co-host Benwell was here, he tells you what type of porn category you are. Um, so yeah. you have to come to one of our shows so he can, so Spoiler he can uh, alert. It's always gay. porn. Yeah. It's always like gay seventies porn. Um, but yeah, so like, Benoit has a type, I, I understand. And it's <laughs> yes. gay seventies porn. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's men, men who look like they should be. 70s. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so the, the games just really like, okay, now we've themed, uh, the, the best cocktail award, which, um, 
one of the, I think our all time favorite winners in the audience right now, Annie, uh, who created Annie Lesser, who made an insane drink that had a backstory and like, like thematic elements and props and all this crazy shit. And, um, so she won the arsenic Anna award who is a, uh, what she sounds like she poisoned men so um every you know every time someone would win in one of these prizes Parker, Arsen- arsenic anna as far, as far as we know annie lesser has never poisoned anna. but you know she she can slide and she can let us know so it sounds like it sounds like what you guys kind of settled on was you know some world building that would give the characters a bit of weight something for the actors to touch on something for the for the audience to like, kind of like, you know, feel out a bit, but not necessarily lose focus on the core activity, which is meeting each other, hopefully right. making a connection. Exactly. And, you know, I think they, uh, that's something important to bring up because what I tell Jacob is like, we are the frame. Like they are there to meet. They are there to hopefully find someone that they actually like and make a connection with. And our job is to just, you know, make them feel comfortable, give them a few laughs. And so that when we are done with our uh, dog and pony show, they go into these breakout rooms and they actually like feel good. They feel a little bit loose and they actually can like have a conversation without, yeah. you know, trying to be like a certain kind of version of themselves. They can just have fun. Yeah, it's a it's a date and a movie or in our case, a date and a date and a date and a movie and a date and a date and a date and a movie. But <laughs> it, it is. It's like when you when you go on a first or second or third date. I don't know what date is movie night for you, Noah. Um, but uh, once you dis- kind of discover each other's tastes and and say like you know let's go on a on a, a date to the movie theaters. This is kind of it's kind of like that. It's like you already know each other's tastes because you're at a thing called serial killer speed dating. You know you're going to get down with this person in some way. Um, but you get to experience the fun of the movie. And if you don't end up getting any matches at the end, which is somewhat rare. Um, I mean, I don't know how, what the numbers are exactly of how many people actually get matched, but we have matches in every single game. That's for sure. Um, so what it does is it allows you, if you're really not feeling it with somebody on your, in your five minute private one-on-one date, you are able to just talk about the game. Do you think you've dated the killer? That was really weird when that egg thing happened. Why does OnlyFans.com accounts keep popping up all over my screen? Oh my God, what was that horrible uh, video that Jacob and Abel decided was a thing that they should put in front of everyone's faces in the breakout yeah, rooms? We've, we've talked a couple of lines. Sorry about that. <laughs> in one of our games. So, but yeah, shock, shock, not shock. So yeah. But what we really found, yeah, is that it is a it is a way to introduce something way more noticeable than the awkwardness of your dating. And by adding that, adding the serial killer, adding the gameplay elements, adding the, you know, this, the story and just like, you know, the fun and madness of it all on the, in the main stage rooms, um, it allows you to just kind of like, like Abel says, like lean into your date a little bit more. Like you can just kind of like relax into the date cause you're having fun. Before we get into the pivot to clubhouse, I just want to note here, like this, this philosophical approach to kind of like, you know, setting the frame so that the, the participants have something to, to have a relationship, even just for like five minutes, have a connection over, have something to talk about. 
something that does the job of the icebreaker and kind of creates a, a shared reality for a moment. That's something that people who are making any kind of immersive work, you know, would be wise to do is, is ground their what's going on in the audience in that way. Uh, so you guys have kind of stumbled on like a really good design principle here that has applications beyond the, the dating pool action. Um, yeah, thank you. Yes, we, uh, as you mentioned at the top, we are heroes. So don't, <laughs> don't disregard that. We are, we are very heroic in our, in our, All right. Now, now I kind of wish I hadn't said that. Bring it back. Well, you know, I mean, look, look, yeah, something that I, uh, I, I do want to touch on that. So something that I feel is very important, um, and that we talk about all the time with our design team and that Jacob and I talk about when we're, when we're discussing story, is we live in the attention economy. Um, and certainly on something like Clubhouse, you can watch if people are interested in what you have to say or they're not uh, very quickly. And so how to tell somebody everything about who we are in the first 0.5 seconds, because that's all you get. You know, they're either going to be like, oh, this is my jam or, oh, fuck this, it's too weird. All we want is that they don't go, I don't get what you guys are trying to say. So... If you go to our Instagram, uh, you'll see that, you know, with our, our designer, Dino Nama, has uh, created like Polaroids and threads that go between each Polaroid and kind of this like, you know, it, it is serial killer, but it's it's friendly and it's silly and it's fun. And that's what we're, that's what we're constantly talking about is, um, excuse me, is what is it? What is the language of what we're trying to do? that grounds it in something that people understand. So yes to serial killers, but also yes to approachable, yes to fun. Um, some uh, uh, motto of ours is we're more Adams family than Manson family. And, because, and yes to safety. There's a serious oh, element yes, of yes making women safety. feel safe. Yes, in our that's, show. A, that's a good point. Can you talk about that a little bit, Jacob, please? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I am the one to properly talk about it, but we have okay. consulted many, many, uh, uh, very powerful and, and, and important women on how to kind of keep our show safe. And um, there is a balance too. On like we we know when we have crossed lines. Um, the the one Easter egg that shall not be named, which actually include included eggs, <laughs> um, was like okay, that was a line crossing moment. There's been a a couple moments where that's happened, but we have uh, women on our team. We work with actually the show that we're doing on clubhouse originally started as like a podcast idea. And we built that with a team of, I think like six women, five or six women. So, and, and so often they're just like, Hey, you, uh, two white guys, um, you should, uh, you pay attention to this thing that I'm telling you right now. And we've had to like really pay attention to that. We have a, uh, a, um, uh, sympathy meter, I think is what we call it for measuring, uh, I wish someone would build this so that I could use it better than the way that we built it. But it's like character count in the copy of like saying like, uh, you know, uh, cis, straight, heterosexual, male identified, seeking female identified, blah, 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 blah. Like you can't fit that in the Eventbrite title of your ticket. So, but you don't just want to say straight night. So we're like, we have this like meter of like, where is the sweet spot in character count versus you know, sympathy level to make sure that we're being sympathetic to our audience that wants to attend things like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we have tried to surround ourselves, uh, with, I mean, people of color, with women, with, with people, uh, of, of different sexual orientations with us because, um, you know, obviously dating and romance is just such a, I mean, the spectrum is massive. And as I stated, I mean, since the beginning, like we have, we have wrapped ourselves in a rainbow flag. Uh, and so, you know, that's something that we talk about all the time. Like, how do we make this inclusive? But very importantly, how do we make this safe? That's uh that's a really big part of this because, you know, we don't want people to, I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, that's, that's it. Like the show works when women want to come to our show. If you get, if you get women, you'll get guys. Um, so how do we make this approachable? And it's, and it's, I mean, if, if, if you look at like, if you look at design, if you look at plenty of fish, if you look at match.com, if you look at Tinder, uh, they're all, they all have white, like pure white backgrounds. And that's designed to make women feel safe. On the opposite end, look at Grinder. You know, Grinder is a black background and very intense coloration. And that is, that is, you know, to attract men. Um, and so we're, we're trying to do everything that we can to present ourselves as silly. More Adam's family than Nancy's family. We talk about that all the time. All right, let's let's pin for a second, and then I want to open up the the field because what we have in the room right now are just just a lot of stone cold killers here. Hmm. Uh, there there isn't a person down in the 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 audience at the moment who isn't followed by one of us, or I think isn't followed by me at that rate. Hmm. And so anyone who can jump in and start interrogating you guys uh, uh, if if they feel like it, or or jumping on this idea. Of you know, creating spaces for people to connect uh, in immersive, which I think is a, a kind of a you know cool um, sidebar here for our community. But you've taken all the stuff that you've done um, in live and on Zoom. It's very focused on connecting people, and now um, it sounds like what you got is kind of for Clubhouse is kind of a bit of a game show going on. What's what? How are you translating this? into this format. Yeah. So real quick, before we hop into that, we, uh, we are doing another live show in Kentucky at, um, Scarefest in October. So the live shows staying around. Um, but we're, we've kind of just taken this through line of how do we encourage intimacy by, you know, adding a serial killer to it, like putting the ridiculous on top of it gives you the excuse to like find that intimacy or if you're not comfortable with it in whatever the question is or whatever the person you're with is or whatever that thing is, it gives you a really easy out. So it adds this layer of comfort. That's kind of what we found. So that's what the through line is. And we've like, we've even developed these questions, which we ask in our show. And when you come on Saturday, you'll hear, you'll hear four of them because we will ask four people those questions. We call them our romantic, creepy questions. And, uh, we're developing a card game with, uh, those questions as well. Hopefully to drop at Scarecon, uh, what's up Kentucky. So it's, it's that, it's that through line that kind of is like the backbone of everything that we do. And, and again, like how can, uh, immersive and like horror themed, not always horror themed, but just, you know, themed theatrical, somewhat interactive, somewhat immersive entertainment disrupt dating and reintroduce the intimacy that swipe right culture took out. So that's kind of where, uh, clubhouse clubhouse was kind of born out of that. Our clubhouse show was kind of born out of that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we, when it came to the, 
I guess first the development of this as a podcast, it was, well, we can't, you know, we started asking with uh, this team that we're developing it that, uh, and Jacob, if I, if I, if I talk out of class, just like, yeah, no, we can, we can shout them out. Frolic, Frolic Frolic Media, Media, I think is is their website. Um, but, uh, you know, and which, which is a team of women, they, uh, they work mainly with like romance novels so that we actually thought was, oh, this would be great. This is, this is not two cis straight white men. So we should probably talk to them and I'm sure they'll have some great ideas for us. But, um, so, you know, how would it be entertaining? How would it be listenable to? And the first conversation was, well, you know, if it's on audio, and if you're listening to like 10 men go on dates with 10 women, you just can't have that. That's too many people. Okay. Well, what if it's like four men going on dates with four women? Okay. Well, then that's a little closer, but that's going to really confuse because there's just too many names or too many, too many, um, people talking all at once. So then we started looking at, um, it as a, you know, as a game show, uh, which I started working on a little bit pre pandemic. Um, uh, which was essentially just take the dating game. Uh, and, you know, the dating game meets Saw is, is what we're trying to do. So what we're doing for <laughs> our clubhouse show is we're going to have five bachelorettes on stage. Hidden among them is a serial killer. And then they're all going to be pursuing a bachelor. And we're, you know, we're going to have them go on mini dates, but hidden among those bachelorettes is a serial killer. Uh, and each round, the bachelor is going to save one of the bachelorettes. And each round, the serial killer is going to sever their toughest competition. And it's just going to go down from five until three. And then the man is going to have, have a bachelor is going to have to make a choice over who he's going to want to take out. And, uh, he has a one in three chance of taking out a murderer. And that's, that's the game. And we've got, we've got, uh, the, like the entertainment factor of the show is based so much more in casting. Cause it's kind of like the opposite of our zoom show where in the zoom show, the dates are very private. We can't, we actually can't even see them. There's no way we can see them unless we like go into the room with them and they know we're there. So for this, it's like we're casting like really entertaining people and putting them on the stage together. And the, the kind of catch to all of it is that the serial killer has seen because they are an actor and not a real serial killer. And we are writing their character has seen everybody's audition tapes or application forms, I should say. And so the whole show is kind of themed around it. So we throw red herrings in, we throw shade at every single person on stage. Um, Abel's trying to like make everybody look sus. And then for the entertainment factor to make sure that every show will, will be entertaining. We bring our uh, uh, gay male night host on stage, uh, Benoit. He couldn't be here tonight. He's, he's uh, managing a bar now in Santa Monica. Congrats, Benoit. But he, um, he's on stage to just like, pretty much say really ridiculous offensive things to Abel all night. So the show remains entertaining and there's like sound effects and all this crazy shit. And we just try to make it feel like a party, but it's uh it's almost like the opposite and in a weird way, format wise of our zoom show, because the intimacy happens like right in front of everybody. You're, we're, we're all watching you. And so on the clubhouse yeah. main stage, there's going to be a thousand people watching while these five people go on dates. So the casting process has been, uh, intimidating, uh, for, for some of these people, let's just say that. Well, there's also, it's, it's funny cause you know, you, you're going to have this happen on clubhouse's main stage, which, you know, as you've noted, 
thousands of people tap in to listen to that happening. And yet right there in your mechanics is something of the folk game. Like as you were describing it, I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like a game of Werewolf or Mafia, right? It's exactly you know, like, a game of Werewolf or Mafia. Yeah. You know, and so, and, and that you guys are like thinking about this in terms of game mechanics and you're thinking about this in terms of just sort of the different ways it can be kind of spun out. Again, gets back to this idea of kind of, you know, world building, which has long been one of the kind of the core pillars of immersive. But, um, I think people sometimes like get caught up in it in this sense of, Oh, how can I make people like sit down with the story Bible that I've created and then sprinkled out and broken up as a, as a kind of, uh, you know, deconstructed Wikipedia as opposed to what are the kinds of things that people in this world do, uh, which is much more what a folk or, or a video game mm. winds up being about or, yeah. or even like a serialized story winds up being about. Um, so again, like just kind of like a, an interesting way to just kind of by, by having to deconstruct your original idea and reinvent it time and time again, you, you in some ways increased the, the toolkit you have as creators to sort of address what, what are all the ways that a, a rather simple idea can be manifested. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. That's a cool way of looking at it. I don't know if we've actually discussed it that way, but I think because the mechanics of what we are doing is so simple, uh, we, we didn't reinvent the wheel. We, you know, took two things that already existed and mushed them together. But then you start to ask yourself, okay, well, what else can we do? So, you know, like, um, uh, Zoom was an excellent opportunity to, you know, we have, we have this new tool. How are we going to play with this new tool? And then Clubhouse was an excellent opportunity or, or the podcast. Um, I'm a really big fan of meeting limitations on my creativity. Uh, I, I do really, it's really hard for me to work with an open sandbox, but once I have not told, like, you know, you have this and you have this, then I have limits around where I can color it to. Yeah, what do you, uh, and then once I bad. do that, what do you, it works. What do you call that, Noah? Right, writing to the metal? Ooh. Um, no, that's, that has more to do with, like, altering the fundamental nature of reality. Um, oh, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, but, that's, where, that's where writing the metal comes in. That's all about, like, you know, uh, writing to the bios you know, level of I the see. ship. Well, let me... Uh, and, and, you know, underneath, underneath the OS. And sort of, like, what would this... Would, Abel started talking about it a little more in line with, you know, something like the, the five obstructions, right? You know, like this, the, the discipline of, of giving yourself some creative limitations so that you have more form in what you're making. And by having something to push up against, you're able to then, you know, you, you create a problem and then you solve it the way you're going to solve it. Yeah. And yeah. By, by solving it the way you're going to solve it, your creative voice comes out well, in a way that it wouldn't 
otherwise. With this, uh, let me get this egg off my face uh, from improperly using uh, that term. Maybe the poultry guys killers in here now. One of one of you in the audience might be might be here, might be them. Um, but I guess what I was saying was more like <clears throat> early on we had a conversation with Rachel Joy Victor, who does a lot of stuff with you as well, Noah, and she's been um, crucial in so much of the game design that we've done. And a lot of it was like, okay, what are the restrictions of whatever platform on which you're doing this show? Those are your most important creative elements. So like for clubhouse, you can't, you know, you can't really see people, but because of that, this thing became a part of the lexicon of clubhouse called PTR. And so we make all these PTR jokes. First of all, Noah, you guessed it in three tries, everyone else, um, you will, appear on Saturday and uh, find out just how dirty Noah's mind is when you hear what this term is and the fact that he guessed it in three tries. Uh, Hint, he's a 70s uh, gay male porn star. Um, (laughs) That has something to do with the answer. protesting too much. (laughs) But... um, Frankly, giving it away when you say that. (laughs) People can figure it out. I can see the uh, wheels turning in their head now. But point is... Oh, God. How beat a joke to death. This this PTR element that became a part of the culture of Clubhouse, we were like, okay, that has to be an important aspect of our show. So we've been going to the other creator first um, people's shows. I think as of the time of this recording, there's only been one, but by the time you release the recording, there will have been multiple um, of the other 53 finalists. And we're really eager to see, like we learned something last night. People did a voting system since there's no poll by asking people to like opening hand raising at a specific moment and said, uh, if you think blah, 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 raise your hand. And we're like, Ooh, that can be our voted most likely to be a serial killer. We're not going to probably do it, um, at least not for this show, because there's too much. There's not enough time to implement into our show format. But there's things like that. So people find these like, how do I work around the system that's already in place on these different yeah. formats, and then make those our creative elements with the show that we already have, and we and 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 make sure that they fit with the tone and ethos of the show. So we found a, a lot of fun in doing stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, something uh, along those lines. Like in addition to PTR, like you know, there's, there's a simple language to Clubhouse, but within that simplicity, there's a lot of complexity, complexity. So something that I saw that the NYU girls did is they called it a billboard, which is someone, one of the people, uh, one of the moderators, um, was the billboard for the night. And if you clicked on their picture, uh, their avatar, it would just be like, you know, their website. And uh, and that's how you knew where to go to their website and, and chat on their back channel and send them tips. That's clever. So yeah, it's very that's clever. Pretty- and so and so I mean I I mean there's no reason not to give it away. It's not like we had reinvented the wheel again. So one of our uh, producers is going to be rules. So you're gonna you know the entire time it's just gonna say rules on his thing. And when you click on his avatar, it's gonna pull up his bio, and his bio is going to be the rules of the game, so that someone can jump in and be like, I don't get it. And it's like, oh, there's rules. And then, um, Jacob, cause he has, um, he has the ability to, um, to give money to, we're doing a, uh, he's going to be tips. And, you know, this is, this is another thing that we're trying to do to explain that, like, we're more Adams family than Manson family, which is a hundred percent of anything that we make while we're on the main stage is going to nonprofits that work, uh, to help, you know, curb mass shootings and to nonprofits that help um, 
curb domestic violence. And, and actually, to is, those of us. you in the crowd, any time until we're on the main stage, yeah, too. So if you want to tap my profile, hit send money at the bottom, it's going to uh, yes. go toward ending domestic domestic abuse. I need to do better at that, Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, what he said. But um, And this is, again, us being like, okay, the name of our game, you're either going to chuckle or you're going to like be like, well, that's offensive. And so how is it so that when someone jumps into our room, it's like, we're going to, we're going to, uh, disarm you as quickly as possible. We're going to be charming. We're going to be silly. We're going to like, you know, um, treat it like a game show, but also here is just a small way that we can give back and we can firmly stand on the side of entertainment and firmly against the side of actual human violence. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, (laughs) Noah, that's another, uh, clubhouse joke. Um, Noah, if you're down, I'll open up hand raising. I just want to say one, one last thing, which is that, um, good, good writing so often is simple in its structure. It's like, what do they say? It's like, uh, obvious and not obvious at the same time. It's obvious in something at the same time. Um, where it's like, oh, of course, that's the way that had to have been written. Why didn't I think of it before? Um, and when we work with these really simplistic formats like Clubhouse, where it's really limited in terms of what you can actually do, I, we can't do anything complicated because Clubhouse doesn't support that. So we have to make it what's the most, what's the simplest way that we can do it. And so we're like, okay, serial killers are charming. They're narcissistic. Oh, what if they know everything about the bachelor and the other bachelorettes on stage? And, it's always this cat and mouse game of like, am I really having a, con- having a connection with this person or do they already know everything about me? And they're really doing a good job at lying to me right now without letting me see it too much. And so much of it comes down to, okay, when I save someone and then I don't save them the next time, do they die that time? Because if they do, then I am really suspicious of that person over there who, you know, w- w- was like calling, calling them out earlier. So, so much of it and and what's been really challenging for us is that we can't even write the story until we have all of our people confirmed. So usually Abel and I are like wrapping up the story like the day before the show and like wrapping up our lines and like writing our jokes and like all that kind of stuff. It's almost like when, you know, when we finally get on a consistent, you know, if and when I'm knocking on wood, we get a uh, consistent weekly show on the clubhouse main stage um, if we were to win then it's going to be like a Saturday Night Live kind of style. We're going to have to be writing it every single week, writing our jokes, writing our serial killer, um, writing what the theme is, how they commit their murders, like every single week and getting those jokes down. So it is it is it is pretty exciting and it forces us to be efficient and smart wow. in our writing. Right. But I would say yes and to that because we have to do that, but we do that within the parameters of a game show. We know what happens You know, we know what round one looks like. We know what round two looks like. We know what round three looks like. And even, you know, we were on a conference call today where they talked about how people like that comfort. You know, you you like to know that David Letterman does his top 10 uh, every week, which is, you know, a bit of a callback. Uh, But so you I mean, you know what the top 10 is. You know what that list is, but you don't know what the jokes are at night. And so like by doing I guess kind of the, the gameplay to be the same, but the, the storyline to be different. I think that we have a lot of opportunities there too. Uh, and RIP Conan. Oh yeah. But you know, I mean, he's, he'll be on. Yeah. 
Yes. Which, by the way, Noah, what is uh, what is your APM asking for us, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll send it over. I'll text you. Actually, I'll text you <laughs> oh, to Jacob, and then whether or not he texts it to you, it determines the strength of your French. So, <laughs> oh well, our, our, our friend, our friendship is contractually obligated. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, all right. On on that note, before since you know we we who knows uh, how opening this is going to go, but I mean we know everybody in the room, so I'm not too worried. But just in case, uh, what's the core URL for you guys uh, if, if people want to hunt you down? Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to apply to be a dater on our show, you can go to skst.club. But uh, the core URL is SerialKillerSpeedDating.com. That's S-E-R-I-A-L. Awesome. All right. On that note, uh, Jacob, go ahead and unleash the hands. Yeah, this uh, is, we'll see. There's, there's, I think I did. See, uh, I think uh, there are a lot of people who have been here for an hour and are probably doing yeah. dishes and uh, have headphones in and their phone is across the room. Oh, absolutely. No, like, we're, there's definitely that. But, and there's also the possibility that just like, you know, the team is just on the show. Oh, Russell. Oh, here thank we you. Go. Now okay. we <laughs> Oh, Russell Eaton, whose birthday was yesterday? Two days uh, ago. Oh, and then wait, he's hold muted. Because I'm actually kind of because he has an a little confusing for me. Um, <laughs> uh,. First of all, thank you very much for the birthday wishes. My birthday was on Sunday. Um, uh, and, and Abel, uh, I just wanted to, to hop up and say congratulations that the, of the course that all of this has taken. I mean, I was lucky enough to be You were at the first one. Yeah, you were uh, at the first one. Uh, yes, I, I died a horrible death at the first one. So Yes, you did. <laughs> a, a, a death which was seen by no one because at the very last minute, people suddenly came out and rearranged the tables. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I, I just remember being in absolute panic from beginning to end. Is what yes, I, re- I remember that as well. Um, but thank you for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that. I've been working during all of this. and Unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to step out very, very soon because I have to export some stuff for my director. Um, but I, I do have a, a kind of a general question. You've been talking about um, the growth of the show and the formation of the show and how it's gone through changes. If you don't mind, I, and I don't want you to give anything away because I know your your team infiltrates your events. Um, how big is your core team? And like, how is the work structured to create your show? And I'm thinking of your live shows because I'm more familiar with those. Um, yeah. but, but who do you, like, like how big is your team? What's the basic structure of the team and how do you, uh, uh how do you each contribute overall? Hmm. Um, hi, Russell. Nice to see you. Thanks for giving me uh, a question I have to think about. <laughs> I can take um, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Jake will take it, but you know, I, I would like to point out Jacob comes from producing, he produced events for years. So when it came time to like, oh, wait, we need a graphic designer. We need an illustrator. Like, it, you know, we, we reached into our network and we grabbed people who we had worked with and trusted before. So, Jacob, if, I mean, if you want to give the breakdown, yeah. uh, please be my guest. Well, I would guess, Russell, you probably know. And also, hi, Russell. Um, last time I saw you, yeah. I think I was interviewing you on a podcast that 
is still pending at season three. Um, but uh, <laughs> we, um, yeah, right now, interestingly enough, the most important um, aspects of our team are our art team because Abel and I are doing so much of, I mean, we're like co-founders. He's kind of like the CEO style. Like he does a lot of the legal stuff and just, you know, business running stuff. And then I do a lot of just like production work. So it's just overseeing teams and it's moving so fast. We don't have time to, uh, review everything. So our art team is actually probably the most important aspect right now. And it's, uh, Francesca Quintano, um, who will be on stage with us on Saturday. And I encourage everyone to give her a follow. She's an incredible artist. Yeah, And then, um, Dino so Nama. Lucky. We are so lucky. Yeah. And Dino Nama, who we all know because he made the, uh, no proscenium logo and a lot of, uh, think tanks last logo and everything you've seen from think tank for the last seven years or so. Um, and, uh, he is, like he's our creative director essentially. And so much of it is just like Abel said, how do we communicate? Um, we're in this brand awareness area right now. Zoom, one of the, it's many faults is that it does not have good discovery. So we're just like, we got to sell tickets just like in the old theater world, except we're selling it for this brand new thing and have no audience to, you know, really build from for it. So, so much of it was, we need to find somewhere we can get on stage in front of a lot of people. And that's why this clubhouse creator first program was kind of a dream come true where we could say, you know, make us look hot and then create the outer rim of the brand funnel to push people into hopefully buy tickets to our zoom show and then buy the card game and then see us in Kentucky and all these other things. So those are the two major players. And then there's a lot of just like, contractors like actors and um, people who are helping us with casting like Claire Trapelli, who's at Mad Cat Motel right now and Rachel Joy Victor who helps us with, with game design and then tons and tons and tons of mentors and pretty much everyone who's played our game has agreed to meet or talk with us after and give us advice on game mechanics and um, that has been wonderful one of them is right behind you in PTR order Russell and our friend Annie Lesser yeah, um, and before we slide over to Annie, I, you know, I, I, I want to uh, say something that I that I think is really really cool, um, and and very and is gonna is is emotional. Um, this was an idea that, uh, you know, was kind of thrown up, uh, thrown up into the ether uh, between three people at a party. Um, it took a lot of work to get the first one up. Uh, I called in a lot of favors, including Russell. And, you know, a lot of people said yes, just because they wanted to, you know, work and, and be a part of something that was fun. And I mean, there's moments, there's so many moments where I am, I'm getting chills right now, where I'm just looking around at like these conference calls that we're having or these, these Zoom events where, where people are, you know, really excited for us and talking about us and, it's like, oh my God, this was an idea that I had. Cause I, you know, I, I was just trying to do anything, trying to get any sort of name out for myself doing anything. And, and who could have thought that here I am six years later, like, you know, with, I mean, you know, a business partner who takes it seriously, with an art team who takes it seriously, with actors who take it seriously, with a, a lawyer who takes it very seriously. And, and yeah, and now we have, you know, a, a tech company who 6,000 people applied to be part of this program and they picked 53 of us. So that means that one percent of us, of us that got in. Oh, where was that from? Um, and now, you know, and now we're here. And, and even just the fact that you're all in this room and talking to us, it just means so much to me. It, it, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a boy from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who, you know, wanted to be Steven Spielberg. So this is, this means a lot. I'm, I'm very grateful for you all. We out here. Um, and on that note, I am very, very excited to, uh, bring up our friend Annie and, um, Oh, one more shout out, uh, jams uh, who direct, who made a lot of our video content. Um, cause that was, that was very challenging to take kind of like what our show was and try to make some kind of video out of it. So there's been, there's been a lot of really good talent and Abel and I are very, can you, grateful. can you raise your volume a little bit? Jay? Oh yeah. Yeah. Abel and I are very grateful for, uh, all the different people who have, who have helped us and all this stuff. One of whom is yeah. Annie. Annie, I would love to hear from you. What do you got for us? Okay, I don't, I feel like this isn't anything special, but, um, first of all, welcome, oh, welcome to Clubhouse. Rush, welcome to Clubhouse, uh, yeah, Android thank user. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for, thank you for inviting me. Um, speaking of welcome to Clubhouse and Abel saying that I'm done speaking, um, this actually prompted me to think of this question. I learned that the I am done speaking thing on the day that I joined was created so that um, uh, deaf people would be able to see the end when they're having the translation come up for them at the end of each, um, you know, person talking as well, make it easier for blind people who couldn't see the flashing of who was speaking to know when speakers changed. And I'm curious what um, steps you guys are taking to make serial killer speed dating more accessible. That is cool as fuck. I just got to say. Yeah, that is I, so I didn't fucking know that cool. either. That's really cool. Um, um, Abel, want to talk about our, our mime? Our mime? In the, in the Zoom show. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, not a mime. An, an ASL interpreter. Um, oh yeah. Okay. I feel you. I but she was, she was going to be playing okay. a puppet or something, like right? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, uh, we were beta in, in zoom and then, um, uh, so, uh, we had a, a hard of hearing person say, I want a date. And, um, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we want you. So how are we going to accommodate? So, um, through zombie, no, through zombie Joe's, I know Jonica Patella who is an ASL interpreter. That's her day job. But she is also in the theater world. I mean, it's an incredible actress. She's four foot nothing, maybe, on a good day. Uh, and when we were in Edinburgh, she would dress as a porcelain doll and just be silent and just stare at people. Um, and so it's like, well, let's, you know, let's cast Jonica as our ASL interpreter. Um, and I mean, the show didn't happen, which sucks just because we moved into clubhouse, but that's like, okay, well, here's, here's a problem or not a problem. Sorry. I shouldn't say that, but like, here's an opportunity to figure out how to make our show more and more accessible. Here's how to open it up to more and more people. And we can just get an interpreter, but let's get an actor to play a creepy mind. She'll do the interpretation. So that's, um, that's where we, that is the. That is uh, our first conversation, really, and, and entry into the accessible world. Oh, you know what? No, I'll say this also. Um, we are very aware that, you know, some people, uh, that Clubhouse is very advantageous for people who uh, have difficulty with sight. And so part of my job as the host is to be like, we're here up on stage and we've got Noah. 
Noah is the host of Everything Immersive. We've got Russell. Russell is an editor. And we've got Annie. Annie is a show creator. Just like constantly be telling the people's names and giving something, a little tidbit about them so that everyone remembers them. Things like that. Um, yeah. This is Abel. I'm done speaking. <laughs> yeah, and also keeping those uh, in in show, kind of. So like Abel, it's crazy. I watch him like we have a, like a shared spreadsheet, so I can see when he's bouncing from one person to the next on what he's going to say next. And sometimes I can even like click on a part of the spreadsheet, so he knows like, oh, cool. When I bring up Russell, I'm going to mention this whatever fact. So we, I can like highlight little areas and we, we have kind of this good candor now behind the scenes. And, um, yeah, Abel's really good at like someone mentioned something on a date and he just has a joke, like line the fuck up for him to just like, this guy shut down. You know, we have, we have Jonathan and Jonathan shut down an airport in Thailand accidentally one time and, and just moving from one person to the next. So not only is he reiterating who is on the stage, but also keeping it. Uh, entertaining and light the whole time. Um, right. It's kind of like a magic trick. Well, well, thank you. I am wearing a tuxedo. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So like Annie, for example, when somebody would fill out the application and one of our questions is deep, dark secret. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that they'll put anything in that. So, uh, so it might be about somebody uh, having romance and meeting somebody at a cat's birthday party, for example. That might come up in conversation. That's that's a joke for one person in the audience. And thank you. That's all I got. Is the is the person here who put that? Is the person Annie? The person is Annie. Annie wrote us a deep dark secret message. <laughs> Sorry, Annie. Uh, uh, I, I do. Oh, God. It's okay. You can call me out. It's fine. It it's specifically whatever. said. I'll take it. It specifically said in your application, we will call you out on this fact. So, but Annie, you have done some ridiculous shit on our serial killer speed dating stages thus far, and we are so proud yeah, of you for wait. it and, we, and we're so we're so happy we can't yeah. now that you're an android oh my god andy we're gonna we're gonna use you android andy. <laughs> it's gonna be great um all um, right noah anything else before we wrap up for the evening no i mean unless there's someone else who who wants to jump in i think we've been at it for a little under 90 minutes so i think this is a, a good point to call it the night um and just so everyone knows you know we aren't doing the thursday show uh this week we are going to experiment with um some more formats in the next couple of weeks now we got more android people coming in and if there are members of the club who have ideas that uh, they want to you know open up rooms on just hit us up. We're being super flexible these days about, uh, I mean, look, everyone who's in here right now, I would trust to not like drive the club into the ground and do something that would like, well, maybe not Jacob and Abel, but like everyone else in the room, the <laughs> I would, I would trust, um, and I, and I and I really mean that because I, I see Step Steppy's down there and Michael Anderson and Anthony and Chris and stuff like all of you are solid and if you have an idea for a room and want to use you know what we've managed to gather you know we've got you know seven hundred plus people go almost eight hundred people in this thing right now and please hit me up uh, you know you know you can DM me on Facebook or Twitter or something. And we can connect you uh, with the powers of making rooms. We have 
So yeah, that's pretty much the main thing. Is there, um, is it, will, will this come out before Saturday on any feeds? Uh, the recording for this is going to get dropped into the main no pro podcast. Oh, wow. Uh, probably on Thursday. Oh, beautiful. Maybe tomorrow, mm. but, but, okay. Well, if uh, it's, if it's pre Saturday, can I make one request of listeners for Saturday? Sure. 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 Thank you. Um, so one of the, and I'll let Abel sign off to give the, uh, this is, you know, this is what it is. This is when it's happening, all that. But, uh, one favor we would definitely love to tap the immersive community, um, to help us with is that we are judged, um, largely on audience retention, not necessarily audience yeah. size, but audience re- retention and bar- participation. So there will be a couple moments for participation, although those are limited. But if anyone who's listening can just 3 p.m. Saturday, again, I'll let Abel give all the details, open up the Clubhouse app and just let it roll. The more people that stay in there, the more points we kind of rack up. So that's what we are, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, why we're on this like press junket, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, it's a good point. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess even if you don't want to watch or listen to our show, just put it on and go do the dishes, or you know, go meet your boyfriend who you met at a cat party. I don't know. Um, I do want to say one more thing before we wrap up, and then I'll give the show sh- the show spiel and tell you guys all uh, the important information, uh, or you can just click on my face and you can see it in my bio, but. You know, we don't know what it was that they liked about our profile or what it was that they picked us for. But if you go to SerialKillerSpeedData.com, you can pretty much see what it is that we applied with. And we we sh- we told them what our show format was. We have a beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, we took it seriously, even though it's a very irreverent, tongue-in-cheek show. And I am willing to bet that they saw that we weren't just like an, an open-ended room where People get up and shoot their shot and, you know, talk for three hours that we actually had a format and, um, and they liked that. I'm going to assume that that was probably in our favor. Would you agree, Jacob? Um, I will agree that we gave a new meeting to shoot your shot. Yes. Okay. All right. Nonetheless, come see our show. We are going to be on the clubhouse main stage on Saturday, May 15th at 3 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, it's going to be super fun. We've got, uh, we've got a, a solid hour of material for you all. Uh, we are so excited. The immersive community is our home. It has been our home for years. Noah, you, you, you know, put me on your show when I was very much beginning the serial killer speed dating journey. So the fact that we are here, uh, is, is a wonderful milestone. And I can't wait to see what happens the next time we all gather and talk on whatever stage it is then. Oh, yeah. Well, soon enough, everybody. Soon enough. All right. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears open. Go check out the boys on Saturday. And uh, let's see if we can keep Clubhouse weird. So (laughs) until... (laughs) And don't forget to have your exes spayed and neutered. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's uh, let's shut it down. We'll catch you soon. Thank you, Noah. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you, Noah. Thanks, y'all. Happy birthday, Russell.